Heavenly Father, we praise your glorious name. What God is like our God. The source of all truth and wisdom. And we, we praise you for your wisdom. We thank you that you have not hidden these things from us, but that you've chosen to reveal them in your word and in the person of Jesus Christ. And God, we confess that we are often foolish in the way that we live, but we thank you that your grace is sufficient and that you don't turn us away when we come to you in faith and repentance, but also in brokenness and in need. You welcome us. And we, we do confess that we're not worthy of that, but we give you thanks for your love. We thank you for this facility that we have to meet in, despite some of the issues, God. We, we thank you that you have given us this place. We thank you that we're able to connect with the family of God through tools that we have, like the internet. Um, we thank you for air conditioning and toilets that work from time to time. And we thank you for your people, that we get to belong to this body, that we are counted among the saints because of your grace. And Lord, we ask that you would teach us from your word this morning and, and that your spirit would move among us for Christ's name, or for Christ's sake and in his name. Amen. So open your Bible with me to Romans chapter 1. And by now, hopefully you know that we are taking a break from our teaching series through the book of Genesis so that we can spend some time as a church reflecting on our mission statement and our core values as a community. Last week we talked about adoration and we showed you that core value up on the screen and we said that through worship and prayer and generous hearts, Together as a church community, we express our awe for God, for his glory. You know, the Christian life, this shouldn't be any surprise to you, but the Christian life is a life of worship. It's a life of praise, a life of love, a life of adoration for God, our maker and our savior, who saw fit to give us life and to redeem us from sin and death. And so we, as a church, when we gather, we adore this God. The core value we're going to talk about today is the core value of spiritual gifts. And in Maricopa Springs, we want to equip Christians to use their God-given gifts to serve. And I think this seems like a very natural progression from adoration to spiritual gifts because if you truly adore this God, if your heart is enamored with him, if you love him, then you want to be useful to him, to the praise of his glory. You want to serve him. And so adoring God means understanding that all you have received is a gift that comes to you from him by grace. And in response to that gift, that you have received, grace, salvation, love, acceptance, forgiveness, mercy, then your heart burns with a passion to give something back to this God as a tangible act of praise. And what you can give back, I mean, you can never repay this God for the grace that he has given you. 
But you can give back to him, and what you can give back to him is the good stewardship of the grace that he has given you. You can be a good steward of that by loving on the body of Christ that he has made you a part of and by contributing to that body. You can use the gifts that God has given you to bless the people of God. So look with me at Romans chapter 1, just verses 11 and 12. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church in Rome, and he doesn't know most of the people at this church in Rome. He has met some of them through his travels, but he's never actually been to visit the church in Rome. Yet he expresses to them this desire to visit them and to impart to them some spiritual gift in order to strengthen them. Now, the ESV translation, the English Standard Version, that's what I tend to teach from, it uses this word impart here. And that's the Greek word metadidomi. Metadidomi, which can mean to share or to give a part of. So in other words, Paul is eager to share with these people the gifts that God has given to him that they might benefit from those gifts and be blessed by him using those gifts for their benefit through his sharing. Now, I would be willing to bet that most likely what Paul is referring to here as far as the gifts that he has would be things like teaching, gifts of knowledge, gifts of wisdom. Paul wants to use those things that God has given to him that the church in Rome might understand God's plan for salvation more might understand the scriptures more, might walk in the way of Jesus more faithfully. And then in the next verse here, Paul almost kind of corrects himself. I like the way the ESV lays this out, where it's almost like a a pause and a correction where he says that his expectation is not only that they'll be blessed from his gift, but that there will be a mutual benefit, a mutual blessing that he also expects to be blessed by them. That all of them together will be blessed by the way the Spirit gives gifts to the people of God. This is the nature of spiritual gifts, okay? They are given by God to individuals so that those individuals would share those gifts among the body of Christ, that there might be mutual blessing, mutual encouragement, as those gifts are used by individuals for the good of others. Now, the Greek has a few different words for the word gift. But Paul, when he talks about spiritual gifts, or I guess I should say the New Testament, when it talks about this concept of spiritual gifts, uses a unique word. It's the Greek word charisma. Maybe you're familiar with that word. You've heard it before. Or maybe you're familiar with charismatic That comes from this word. In the Bible, the word charisma tends to be used to refer specifically to a special kind of gift, a non-material gift, a gift that God gives that is a pouring out of his grace, that's spiritual in nature, that's 
meant to be used to progress the kingdom of God among the people of God. These are quite literally gifts given to God by the Spirit of God, which is why we call them spiritual gifts. They're spiritual because they manifest through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and among us. But the word charisma, I think, is an interesting word for another couple of reasons. Um, It belongs to this word family that has kind of a common root. And so there's two other Greek words that are closely related to it. Those words are charis or charis and chairo. Chairo is the Greek word for grace, or I'm sorry, chairo is the Greek word for joy, and charis or charis, let's say, is the Greek word for grace. Chairo means joy, charis means grace. And so embedded in this idea of spiritual gifts are also these concepts, joy and grace. God joyfully gives to us these gifts of grace, and we joyfully receive them that we might use them for the joy of others. They're given to the church for the mutual joy and aid of the people of God. And they're not powers that belong to us. They don't come from you. They don't come from me. They come as a dispensation of God's grace that he pours out to his people. Grace that we receive in order that we might serve and extend that grace to others. And Paul believes that he has these gifts, which is why he wants to go to Rome and use them. And he also believes that when he gets to Rome, he's going to find a body of believers where there are also these gifts. And from that mutual aid, they will all find greater joy and encouragement. And so everywhere the people of God are found in community with one another, we should expect that these gifts of grace that come from the Spirit of God will be present operating in the lives of individuals for the benefit of the church family. This is part of what it means to belong to the family of God, to belong to the church. Now, turn in your Bible with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7, and 11, 7 through 11. You thought you were going to get off easy and I was only going to give you two verses, but you should know better. 1 Peter chapter 4, picking up in verse 7. This is Peter now, and he writes, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So in these verses, Peter is calling Christians to a particular kind of life. I think I use that word particular a lot because this happens a lot in the Bible. We are invited into a particular kind of life. Peter here is inviting us into that kind of life 
because the end of all things is near. Now, Peter wrote this 2,000 years ago, and so we should listen up, because if 2,000 years ago he thought the end of all things was near, well, then it's even more near today than it was then, okay? But Peter's point is this, because the world is passing away, we should live in a particular kind of way. The end is near, and so the consequences are increasing, the, the urgency is increasing, and so we should live in a certain kind of way. Peter then explains, how should we live? Well, we should live self-controlled lives. We should be sober-minded people. We should be praying, and we should be self-controlled and sober-minded because we are seeking God in prayer. And verse 8, he tells us that more than anything, above all, we should love one another earnestly, constantly, with deep commitment, with deep devotion, with sincerity. And then after he calls us to love one another, he spells out, I think, specifically what that love kind of looks like. And this is not an exhaustive explanation. It's just a little picture of what that, verse, or what that love looks like in verses 9 through 11 as we share in grace together. Look especially at verse 10 with me. It says, as each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That's part of what loving one another earnestly looks like. Now, Peter calls us stewards of God's varied grace. It's important to understand that we all as Christians receive one similar kind of grace in the atoning blood of Jesus. That is given to each of us equally the same. Christ died for your sins like he died for my sins. And through faith in him, I receive grace that comes from repentance because of the work of Jesus. That's not the grace that Peter is referring to, though, here. Here, he's talking about how we each receive a different and somewhat unique kind of grace in the way that the Spirit pours itself into our lives to gift us to serve in love. And there at the end of verse 10 is one of our little Greek words, charis, grace. So Peter sees this all wrapped up together. And he says that as keepers or stewards of this, these various gifts of grace, he tells us what we're supposed to do with that. We're supposed to hoard it for ourselves. No, no. We're to use it to serve one another. Because using God's grace to serve one another is what it means to love one another earnestly. How do we express our love for one another in practical ways as part of this body? It's not merely by saying, I love you. Although probably as a church, we should be able to look one another in the eyes more frequently and say, Brother, I love you. Sister, I love you in Christ. We should probably do that more. But our love is most powerfully displayed by what we do, by the actions that we live. Ladies, I hope you know that Meredith shows her practical love for you when behind the scenes she administrates and organizes all of the things so that our women's ministry can happen throughout the year. 
She's using the gift of God's grace to love you with devotion. Parents, as you sit in here, I hope you understand that there's a whole crew of people in another building just a minute away who are using their gifts because they love you and they're using their gifts to serve you by teaching your children about God and about the Bible every Sunday when you gather here. And in fact, they love all of us, right? Because if all those little kids were running around in here, well, my sermons would be short. And those people are missing out on being in this room. They're sacrificing in love for you. That's beautiful. They show their love practically. Ron Richardson in the back of the room shows his love for you every Sunday when he shows up here at like 7.30 to help set up all of this stuff to run our audio and video equipment. Ron Richardson loves you and he shows it by doing that every week. Every time that you offer up a prayer for someone in our church because of a need or an issue that they have, or every time you just pray for our church body in particular, in, in general, you are being a good steward of God's grace that he has given to you by loving your brothers and your sisters earnestly. That's beautiful. Rick shows his love for the men in this church by hosting a group of guys at his house every Wednesday night. Or Monica, who shows her love for our students, our junior high and high school students, by loving on them, connecting them, pointing them to Jesus, serving in our student ministry. Or Aaron, who I don't even know what time he must wake up, but he drives and he picks up the trailer and he drags it over here and he organizes a whole crew of people so that we can set all this stuff up so that you can come here and you can praise God and you can hear the teaching of God's word. Aaron shows his love for you by doing that every Sunday. Look, I could go on, I could list a whole bunch of people who are doing things like that, using their spiritual gifts to do practical things to serve you and bless you. But verse 10, Peter tells us, not just that a few people have these gifts, but that each of us have received gifts of grace. And if we want to be a good steward and obey the law of Christ by loving God and loving others, then we are to use those gifts of grace for the joy and the benefit of our brothers and sisters in the church. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? Now, I'm going to explain a little bit more about how to do that in a few minutes, so hang with me. But let me just be brutally honest here for a moment, okay? And if you've been hanging around Maricopa Springs, you know I do this from time to time. I'm probably going to make some people mad when I say this. And maybe I'll make you mad. I think my request would be, like, at least stick around for the end of my sermon and hear me out. Before you storm out of the room and you never come back, then I, I just want you to think carefully about what I say, okay? If you call Maricopa Springs your church, so I'm not referring to those of you who are visitors, this is your first Sunday, or maybe you, you're just still kind of figuring out if Maricopa Springs is the church for you. I'm not talking about you. If you call Maricopa Springs your church, 
but you are not using your grace-given spiritual gifts, gifts to serve the body of Christ, serve your brothers and sisters in this room in some way, if that describes you, then you are a parasite. That's the word I would use to describe you. And I'm not trying to be a jerk when I say that. It's just literally true, okay? You come here and you take from the love of other people. You siphon off the gifts of grace that we joyfully, gladly give to you without giving back any mutual aid or comfort. That's you. And that's like the definition of the word parasite, isn't it? Like, hopefully you know what that is. It's a thing that lives inside of a host and only takes but never gives. It's not actually a part of the body. It just drains the resources. And if you're not using your gifts to serve the church, then you are receiving this grace from God, but you're selfishly keeping it for yourself instead of sharing it the way that God intends for you to share it. And you're missing out on blessing, and you're also robbing us from blessing. And so, again, maybe you decide after today that this isn't the church for you, that's fine, but I would ask you, if you call, your, if you call Maricopa Springs your church, I would ask you to reflect on this question. Are you a parasite? Now, if you are a parasite, believe it or not, we don't want you to leave. I'm not encouraging you to go. We want you to stay. We want you to become a part of this body. We want you to be a good steward. We want you to step into this grace that you have been given as a gift and for your joy and our joy, become a participating, serving part of this body that Jesus has given you to be part of. We want you to share yourself with us. We want you to share your gifts with us. We want to share our gifts with you. Look at the end of verse 11. It talks about all of this being done for God's glory. Now, if you remain a parasite and you keep sucking up our love without giving any in return, then not only are you depriving the body of the nutrition that it needs, but I want you to understand far more significantly, you are also robbing Jesus of his glory that he deserves. When he gives you a gift, that you would use it for him. You're failing to adore him rightly if you have gifts of grace and you don't use them for the body. Because in this body of mutual love and service in grace, God has built this thing for the good of all of the members that belong to it. God built this for the good of his people and the glory of Jesus through the power of the Spirit. And if you're not contributing to the network of love and mutual benefit, and you're only sucking the resources out of it, then you are guilty of depriving Jesus of the glory that he deserves. All right, so now that we know from Scripture that we have gifts and we're to use them for the good of others, then let's get real practical and think about what that actually might look like. Now, if you want to do some more look, studying on this at home, then I would point you to uh, the Scripture reading that we looked at, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Actually read 12 all the way through 14. 
And sometimes I mention this really fast. You can always go back to the audio or the video and be like, what, what passage was he talking about? 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, and then Romans 12. You can look in more detail there. But let me put our core value up on the screen now for you, and let's get a little bit more practical. Our core value says, we equip people to use their God-given gifts to serve. We equip people to use their God-given gifts to serve. All right, well, you might ask, in what way does Maricopa Springs equip people? I wasn't aware of any training program that they offer. I'm glad you asked. As a church, we equip people, I think, primarily in three ways, okay? And it's not complicated. We don't have a formal training program to equip you for the use of your gifts. I don't think it requires some kind of three-day seminar. Let's just address it very simply. We equip you first by teaching on the subject. Did you know that you might be a parasite? That's equipping you by telling you if you're not using your gifts, then you're not a contributing member of the body of Christ. And so we tell you what God's Word says about these things as we teach through His Word. In groups, we did it in Rooted, if you went through one of our family churches in that curriculum. I preach on this from time to time. We cover it in our membership class if you're going to become a member. We equip you by teaching about this subject matter. Second, we, second, we equip you by creating opportunities for you to use your gifts. You do realize, I mean, hopefully it's just obvious, but you do realize that our body has tons of needs. Tons of needs. We have needs here on Sunday morning with setting up and with cleaning up. We have needs with audio and video. We have needs on our worship team, like Leonard was mentioning. We have needs in the cove. Today we had somebody who was unable to be here because of an illness, and we had to shrink and combine two classes. There's needs all over the place. We have needs with preaching and teaching. I would, if, if you feel like you've got a gift in that, I would love to spend some time equipping you to do this kind of thing. We've got an adult Sunday school class where you could do some teaching. We have needs with welcoming people and being hospitable. Many people, when they go to church, their number one complaint is, when I walk through the door, nobody even said hi to me. We have needs for you to show hospitality to people who come through the door. We have needs with administration behind the scenes, things that are taking place. And so part of equipping you is just giving you opportunities. And believe me when I say there is no shortage of opportunities here at Maricopa Springs. There are lots. And if you were to look around, just look to your left and your right and in front of you, and if you want to be so bold as to turn around, you could do that. But you do understand there are needs and opportunities among individual people all over this room this morning. We have needs for somebody to take John out of church and give him some exhortation on being respectful. I'm just kidding, John. I love you. Uh, but sincerely, people in this room, they have needs to be prayed for. Are you aware of any of those? There are some people in this room who are discouraged and probably need you, those of you who have a gift of encouragement, to say some encouraging words to them like I just did to John. 
There might be some people in this room who are dealing with sin and they need somebody to confess that to. And you might be the person who is trustworthy, who could receive that and exhort them and also extend forgiveness to them and pray for them and come alongside of them to be account, an accountability partner with them. People in our church have needs for meaningful friendships. Some of them are lonely. And you might be that person. There are people in this room who need exhortation to not fall into despair because of some of the things that they're going through. And you might be God's gift of joy to them. All around you are physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs, which you might be able to help and meet because God's spirit is in you and he has gifted you to be the solution to that need so that you would share God's love and grace with those people. Third, we equip you for this work by just connecting you. And I've already kind of touched on this, but we help connect you to God's Word through different groups that we have throughout the week. Men's Bible study, women's group, those kinds of things. We help connect you to the Spirit of God who dwells in the church body corporately as we gather together. We help connect you to the family of God so that you are in relationship, so that you can practice the way of Jesus and obey the commands that he has given to us to love one another. I'm going to cover that in more detail in a minute. We help connect you to the mission of God, reminding you that we exist together as a church to make disciples. All of these things are ways in which we are trying to equip you as a church for this work. But as our core value states, you have to make a choice to use your God-given gifts to serve in love. That's the thing that we cannot do for you. We can equip you, but at some point you have to respond. Only you can make that choice. So what gifts of grace are there? Because maybe you're like, Grady, you keep talking about this. I don't even know what this means, okay? I'm going to throw up for you on the screen now sort of a list Maybe you're not using your gifts because you don't even know what they are. Here's a list for you. These are culled out of Scripture, so I've pulled them from Scripture. I'm not giving you every reference, but I already told you, go read 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Read Romans 12. We already read 1 Peter. There's other places that reference these things. But let me just run through them real quick. Knowledge, faith, compassion, mercy, serving, teaching, leadership administration, wisdom, hospitality, helping, intercession, which is prayer, encouragement, exhortation, giving, evangelism, musical gifts, shepherding, craftsmanship. Somebody built this. That's a gift. I couldn't build this podium, right? That's a gift. Somebody showed our church love by doing that. That's cool. Now look, I'm leaving off this list the miraculous ones, and maybe you're like, ah, Grady, I see what you're doing here. Tongues, prophecy, healing. And the reason is I just don't want today to be distracted by those things, okay? If you're curious about those, come talk to me. I would love to explain my thoughts on those things. But today my goal is not to parse out what is or is not a spiritual gift. Rather, I want to just call us to love one another by using these gifts for the body of Christ. And this is not necessarily an exhaustive list. I don't think that the Bible in any one passage is saying this is all there is. So there could be more. 
But it is important that you understand this. All of the gifts are given so that we might fulfill the commands of Scripture towards one another. The commands that Jesus gives or that Scripture gives for the community of Christ. Listen, here they are. Love one another. Welcome one another. Be subject to one another. Forgive one another. Pray for one another. Serve one another. Encourage one another. Comfort one another. Bear one another's burdens. Stir one another up. Admonish one another. Those are commands that we as Christians are supposed to do. And these gifts help us accomplish those commands. And of course, this isn't an exhaustive list either, but it's a good starting point for how we can use our gifts. And you know what I see? Honestly, I see that so much of this is already being done here at Maricopa Springs. Is that what you see? Jenny uses her gift of hospitality to bring women into her home and welcome them so they have a place to meet and read God's word together. Jay uses his gift of, he's usually over there. Yes, there he is. Jay uses his gift of shepherding to help lead a men's Bible study on Saturday morning. Georgine uses her gift of intercession to pray for people who are hurting. Eric is using his gift of leadership to develop our audio and video team. Corey and Dan use their gift of compassion to adopt and be loving parents to children. RJ uses his gift of teaching to preach to our junior high and high school kids. Leanne uses her gift of knowledge to help teach women in our women's ministry. Robert uses his gift of serving to tow a trailer over here on Sunday morning. Catherine uses her gift of administration behind the scenes to organize all of the things that if it was up to me to do would be a total disaster. And I could go on and on and on, my friends about people, about you potentially, and the way that you are using your gift to serve this body. And you would probably be blown away by how much time I could spend doing that this morning. By how much love is being shown to you through people sitting around you in the way that they serve and use their gifts. People passing on to you the gift of grace that God has given to them because they are showing love for you. It's, it's really incredible. And so my question to you is, are you using your gifts? Let me ask it another way. Do you think that Jesus right now is glorified and well-pleased in the way that you are stewarding the gifts that he has given to you? Would you say that he's well-pleased? He's given you these gifts if you are a believer. Would you say that he is well-pleased with the way you're using them? And if you don't think you know what your gifts are, then let me just give you three quick discovery tips. The first one, pray. Pray and ask God. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, and God will give it generously. God, I'm unwise. I don't know which way I'm supposed to be serving in the church. Will you show me? I think God will answer that prayer. Two, ask other Christians. Ask other people in this room, believers that you know, 
Say, hey, what have you noticed in me? Which of these gifts do you think might be my gift or gifts? And then the third one would be jump in and do some stuff. Figure it out. Try some stuff. Maybe you'll end up being like, definitely not that. (laughs) But you'll also find some stuff where you're like, I think this is what God is inviting me to do. See where things bear, see where God bears fruit. See what brings joy. Now, probably the next practical question for us to answer would be, how do I go about using my gifts here at Maricopa Springs? What should I do? I would say don't overcomplicate it. Do you see a need? Jump in and do it. Fill it. Are you frustrated that our church is not doing something well? Well, if you could do it better, step up and do it. Do you notice people around you who are hurting? Ever ask somebody a question like, how are you? And they're like, mom, and you're like, cool, see ya. (laughs) There's an opportunity. Can we pray together right now? Let me give you some words of encouragement. Let me comfort you. Does your heart burn to be involved in some way? Well, then go to the person who's in charge of that and say, I would like to help you. Do you feel that maybe your life is too busy and you're like, I don't think that in this season of my life I can do any of these things. I've got, you know, four little mongrels running around at home and it's just crazy. Well, you could at least pray, right? In the quiet times that you have or even in the chaos, pray for our church. Your sincere, committed, loving prayers would be such a blessing and benefit to our body. And maybe nobody will ever even know, but that's okay. Quietly and consistently praying for our church at home, it might not be a glamorous thing that gets you attention, but God will honor your use of that gift of grace. And maybe it's the most important thing, in fact, that you could do. And I would say everybody here can at least do that. Now, one other point here. Many of these gifts are organic. You could jump in and just start doing them. There doesn't need to be some formal process. Like you don't need to be trained on this. You don't need to be put in some position where you are the official admonisher of Maricopa Springs Family Church. Like to use the gift of encouragement, when church is over, you could go up to somebody else in this room and just be like, let me just encourage you. I see Jesus in you. Let me just encourage you. Jesus is king. It's going to be okay. Let me just encourage you. I love seeing your smiling face here every Sunday. I'm so glad that you're my brother or my sister in Christ. Just start noticing things that are praiseworthy and speak that encouragement. You could do that right now. Well, maybe not right now. (laughs) To use the gift of prayer, just ask people, how can I be praying for you? Can we pray together right now for a moment? Let me write that down. I would love to be committed to pray for that. Let me put it in my phone and tell Siri to tell me to pray for you tomorrow. To use the gift of evangelism, you just need to start telling people how awesome Jesus is and that they too can know how awesome Jesus is. To use your gift of hospitality, you don't have to host a small group. You could go up to somebody after church today and say, why don't you come over for lunch today? Or why don't you come over for dinner this week? Lots of these gifts, you could start using them to serve, like, immediately. Some of the gifts, though, they are going to take a little bit more effort. 
a little bit more intentionality to find where you fit. If you have musical gifts, then we're going to want you to go through a process where you try out, okay? We're going to want you to go through a, a process to make sure that you're going to benefit the body as you use those gifts. If you have shepherding gifts, then you might need to be a group leader or an elder, but there's a process that you're going to have to go through to have a leadership role like that. We want to make sure that you're a person of integrity, that you exude godliness. And so there's a process there. But don't let any of these processes excuse you. Don't, let, don't use them as an excuse. Seek out the person in charge who can take you through the process. Tell them that you're ready to start and let's do it. Let's get going. Whatever you do, there's going to be lots of different ways to respond to this sermon. But whatever you do, don't do nothing. Don't do that. We need you like really bad. And probably it's obvious. I mean, I think it's obvious. Probably you think it is too. Our church would bear so much more fruit to the glory of Jesus if you were using your God-given gifts in the way God intends for the joy of his body, for the good of his people, for mutual aid and comfort and blessing. So in summary, at Maricopa Springs, we value spiritual gifts so that we can be mutually encouraged. And we're working to equip people to use those God-given gifts to serve. These are gifts of grace that God has given to people that they might experience joy in passing those gifts of grace on to the body of Christ. And if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've been born again, if the Spirit of God has given you a new heart, then you have some of these gifts. And you should be using them. Because in using them, you're going to find more depth and meaning and joy in your fellowship in the church, your purpose, your participation here. And Jesus is going to be magnified and glorified through you. And the church will function more like Jesus envisioned it. Do you ever feel like the church kind of falls a little bit short of what it should be? Maybe that's because you're not doing everything that you could to bless it. And we're going to be more like Jesus envisioned the more that you are a participating contributor. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these gifts. And God, I pray that the people in this room wouldn't, wouldn't respond to this message with frustration that I said these things, but that instead your Holy Spirit would, would lead them to act and to move. God, you have given us these gifts. They are a part of your grace towards us, and they are meant for our joy and for the joy of your people. And so I pray that you would make us bold to step out in faith, to serve and to use these gifts for the body of Christ, for the good of your people, for the glory of Jesus. And God, I pray that as we do that, we would see your kingdom come in more and more ways. I pray that in doing that, we would see the face of Jesus Christ and his smile in more and more ways. Amen.